Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cloud and Clear. My name is Michael Ames, Managing Director for Vertical Markets at SADA, and really excited today to spend some time introducing you to Roland Gossage, CEO from Group Buy. And I got to tell you why I'm particularly excited about this. The, the role of my team is to take Google Cloud Technologies and then to go deep in figuring out how we create real business value within our customers at the industry level. And this is exactly what Roland and the team at Group Buy has done with their technology. Um, and I'm, it's something that actually affects all of us probably just about every day. And I'm excited for you to get a chance to hear from him and to hear about what they're doing and where they're going. So, um, Roland, welcome. Thank you, Michael. Good uh, introduction. Good to meet you. Yeah, really glad to have you here. Um, I think where I kind of like to start here is, is to think about you and your superhero origin story. So you've done some amazing things at a few different companies. Group Buy is making waves now. There was a, something that got you here. Um, can you take a minute and just talk to us a little bit about what that radioactive spider was or what those experiences were that ultimately got you from where you started to where you are now? Yeah, so I've been obviously working in e-commerce for the past uh, two decades. So the very early uh, days in that, uh, I had the uh, privilege to work at a great uh, Boston, actually Cambridge, uh, Massachusetts company, which was a, a bunch of really smart Harvard and MIT folk who came together to create a better user experience for e-commerce. And this is the very early days. Uh, they end up pioneering a lot of the things that we see as table stakes, like uh, uh, the left-hand navigation, right? Guided navigation for uh, search and merch and whatnot. Uh, and worked there until uh, obviously it got acquired by Oracle and Oracle uh, bought themselves uh, ETG Fatwire and went from sort of innovation, which is why I was really excited and working for a company like that, uh, to more integration. And so um, I had uh, decided not to join Oracle as part of that. I, I came to Legal Combination, so I never held a Oracle badge. But then uh, shortly after realized we really hadn't gotten to the promised land. We'd done a ton of innovation and that sort of stopped. And that gave me the inspiration uh, to start Group Buy, where we would help organizations uh, with their findability or search problems uh, on their e-commerce websites. And that's sort of how Group Buy uh, sort of came to uh, to be. Uh, within a, a simply, I think a month, I got a call from Google, who is now our, our longtime partner since 2013, and they had a problem they wanted to partner on, which was enabling search for their clients. And that's really where Group Buy came today. Uh, we were one of the early uh, adopters of cloud uh, in the Google Cloud in particular, and we doubled down and, and really got entrenched with the Google technology. Uh, involved in, in some of the very early uh, products that get launched. Uh, we were doing containerization before it was even even a product for Google, and it's now GKE. Um, and uh, most recently, in the last two years, obviously partnered heavily on the retail uh, AI platform, which we're super excited about. It's our version four. Uh, it's you know, version one for Google, but really this is a fundamental game changer for the market. So that we're pretty excited about. Uh, about that and the journey with Google has been a great one. That's also where we met Sada uh, many years ago, back in 2013, uh, when Tony and I met at a conference, uh, I think it was a Google Connect conference. Um, and he said, yeah, I'm doubling down on Google as well. So we both sort of had the same uh, sort of uh, vision in different sort of areas, uh, but it ended up coming obviously back together and, and partnering uh, jointly on this market. You know, that's um, 
part of that story, I think, will resonate with a lot of our listeners, because one of the things that we find is in common with organizations who really want to go all in on embracing Google Cloud is they have the innovators mindset. Um, that oftentimes there's a part of the story, which is I was having a great time in my career inventing and creating new things. And then it got to a point where I was just turning the crank on something. Right. And, and, and that is a crucial part of what our industry does. But there are there's a certain personality or mindset that when you get to that, you're just sort of ready to move on. Right. You're ready to go and do and to build the next thing. Um, and, and I think because that's been Google's mindset as well, people often gravitate because there's a cultural alignment there between the idea of I want to create something that hasn't been created before and Google's own heavily engineering focus and inventive focus on let's do things in ways that people previously thought wasn't imagined. So it doesn't surprise me that that the kind of SADA mindset, the Google mindset, the group by mindset all come together and converge at this at this central point. And we're really glad to be here with you. Awesome. Yeah, no, we uh, obviously value the relationship as well and, uh, you know, work together on, on different projects. And, and again, tackling um, old problems and new, which is good. Um, so by by doing that innovation, doing them in new ways, we've been able to uh, really uh, innovate where uh, sort of the industry in general had stagnated. Um, and obviously there's a little unfair advantage. Google you know, is known for search. They have all the behavioral and understanding of what's going on in the, the greater World Wide Web, Google Shopping, Google.com, YouTube, et cetera, in taking that and the technologies that drive that uh, that engagement, and then delivering it to uh, retailers, distribution, manufacturers. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think we should dive in to exactly what it is that Group Buy does. I I hinted before that you're in a space that affects all of us. And I think, again, for listeners to this podcast, they've been affected by the kind of work that you're doing. I'm going to say literally at least once in the last month, very likely at least once in the last week, and highly probably already today, and we're recording this in the morning. So, so in a nutshell, tell us what it is that Group Buy, what is the, the business value that Group Buy is providing? So uh, we call it product discovery platform. Traditionally, we would have just called it search, right? Um, that's what most people know. I'm going to buy a search engine. Um, but it's a lot more than that, right? And why we call it product discovery, and we're sort of framing it around that, is, of course, predictive search, search as you type, um, search results pages, but also the mega nav, right? So some people are browsers uh, versus searchers and that sort of thing. And so what it is, no matter how they come in, whether it's a mobile desktop um, or they're uh, coming in from a paid ad or organic search, uh, we get them from the get-go and take them through that journey to put the right product in front of the right user at the right moment. And that is really what we do. Uh, and what that leads to is uh, we, we, we measure things slightly different. Everybody always wants to do search conversion. Um, but, you know, we want to drive up like the top end of revenue. And so a lot of our clients, we've been going with the with the new uh, version four, we'll see anywhere from a five to 10% increase in top line revenue just by deploying this platform. And that's a combination of obviously um, the Google relevancy, um, it's knowledge graph, it's synonym, semantic understanding, the fact that it actually understands Spanish and Japanese and English and is able to look at the user intent and actually bring back the right results. Uh, but that's where the teams of ML people, are both on the Google and the group by side, have also then worked on. The next thing is uh, to factor in something called viability. So we actually look at the, the results that come back. They're all relevant. Which ones are the most likely to convert? 
And then on top of that, we do another segment, which is personalization. And so based on that user's preference, whether they, they, they buy trendy things or things on sale, or they like the color orange, um, or you know they like a particular designer, whatever it is, we actually then resort that to give their preferences at the top of the list. And then the last calculation we do is we optimize for revenue. And this is what drives all of those metrics across the board, whether it's you know click-through rate, add-to-cart, conversion, top-line revenue, and revenue per search, which is another big one that we uh, that we measure. And all of these, we've seen massive increases uh, by really um, creating that fundamentally different user journey that people uh, get on sites today. Yeah, yeah. So, so in terms of you know what the day-to-day user's experience is, they're not going to go necessarily to a group buy website. They're going to engage with um, with an online shopping experience anywhere, any kind of retailer, right? Any any retailer that has products or services, and your platform is doing things like making sure that if I'm going in, so I, we should tell the audience here just before when we were doing the tech check. For this, I was talking about how my dog got a hold of my headphones and chewed them up and spit them out just recently. And so is that going to affect sound quality? So I'm in the market for new wireless earbuds, right? And so I'm going to go to some website. I'm going to search for this thing. I'm going to put in something. I might put wireless headphones, ear pods. I might put all kinds of crazy search terms. There's some magic involved in making sure that the thing that comes up is actually the thing that I want to buy that alternative recommendations are things that I might be interested in buying as well or instead of. And you're helping to provide um, a a funnel into those things that I'm most likely to convert to, but also bringing in intelligence, not just about how are these products related, how are search terms related, but who am I and what is ultimately going to be most profitable for your customer, which is that e-commerce provider in the middle. Is that right? There's anything that's said in there that just got it wrong? You know, if you if you want to drop a group by, you can do this as well. So that was a great overview of what we do. Um, so yeah, we help everything for from sitemap, right? So the sitemap that Google crawls, so that that keyword combination that you talked about is actually in that sitemap, right? So that we're mapping the user intent right when you go to Google.com and type in something that you know I'm looking for high end, right? Which means something high end wireless earbuds, great great for um, podcasts, right? And the idea then is that you get, we get you to that, the retailer that uses our system, we get you to that retailer. And then once you're there, you can actually type in, you know, further qualifications. So you can say, you know, um, I, you know, I'm looking for this sort of price point or maybe you have a color preference and automatically bringing back those, those right products, but it's unique results for each user that comes into the system. Yeah. Yeah. That's really exciting. And, and you know, when um, I think the sort of breadth of the capabilities of your platform People can see right on the website if people wanted to go to groupbyinc.com and just take a look at your list of customers. In other, in other words, the brands and the logos that have adopted the Group by platform in order to integrate these capabilities into their shopping experiences. It's a great list. It's a long list and it's highly diverse. Everything from food to electronics to household to virtually anything is on there. So <clears throat> you have built this in a way that it has broad applicability in this really key part of a shopping experience that I think most end shoppers don't even realize is hard, may not even realize is happening in the background. Yeah, and there's a lot of things people think all all, um, all searches is created equal. It is, it's not. Um, some of these search problems that some of our, our customers have, and, and we our, our business is sort of two sides of it. One is B2C, 
So this is what you would see as your traditional sort of retailers, whether it be like a Bed Bath & Beyond or a Cabela's or, um, you know, some of them you would see in a strip mall and, and stuff like that that we're used to, to seeing. Um, but we do uh, half our businesses B2B. And B2B has, you know, it, the sites look the same and they, they're same sort of usability expectations, um, but they have things like custom contracts. So each user that comes in may only be able to buy a thousand products out of 10 million products that they sell, or they can buy certain categories, but not this particular product, right? So there's a logic in which we call custom catalogs. So every user gets a different view of the catalog. We calculate that uh, on the fly. We built that purposely for that industry. Um, to do it very uh, elegantly is hard. Um, it's one of the things that Endeka did do. Uh, we've sort of even innovated on top of that and made it easier. Um, you can have very, very complex logic in it. Uh, and then we get things, um, you know, if you look at things like Fitment, which is make your model, right? There's certain complexities of that because obviously, you know, uh, you get you get that product and it doesn't fit on that car. You get a return, right? So it's very costly to get some of these things right. Um, and then there's further complexities where you might have one that, okay, fine, you've got the right bit, but I, the way I display them. So if I do uh, tail light assembly, let's just say uh, on a site, um, they want to return it that it's always the uh, passenger, uh, sorry, the driver's side first, then the passenger side, and then the kit, right? So doing all those calculations and having it relevant and still personalized and optimized uh, for revenue is where the sort of magic of our system comes from. So we solve a lot of the very industry specific stuff and have put uh, IP and, and uh, development into making all of the use cases work, no matter what industry uh, you're trying to solve the the, the um, product discovery uh, challenge. Yeah, yeah, super exciting. Let, let's talk a little bit more about some of the components of that magic. So you said the, the group by product is built on the Google Retail AI, which is essentially a, an API. It's something that itself is invisible, doesn't really have things that you can click on. There's no user interface or buttons. It's a thinking engine that you've got to integrate with. And you have built your product on top of that, at, at least in part. Take a minute, if you would, and, and help us to understand what was that What was that evaluation process like? And what was it that ultimately made you decide that it was the, the Google Cloud product that was going to help you achieve your goals? Well, we've been partnered with Google for such a long time. Obviously, they let us into the secret early that they were developing this platform. They shared their plans and what they were trying to do. We were extremely excited. We we were, I actually called it the internal name, by the way, is, is, was Project Pole Position. And the idea, if you're an F1 fan, is that, you know, you want to be in that first position because, that, you know, your chances of winning the race are obviously the highest. Um, and so we've gone through the, the and, and developed alongside with Google uh, at a very sort of uh, uh, low level of, of integration. And the, the Google solution is very powerful. It's part of the Google Cloud um, stack. It uses a lot of things that obviously gives it an unfair advantage of the, the, all the learnings and whatnot from Google.com. Not, not unfair, an earned advantage. Like, like earned we advantage. hard for that advantage. And what we realized really early is the data and ML. We'd already had a lot of ML in our product and stuff like that. Um, but it was very limited to just what the insights that we had across our clients versus the greater worldwide web. So we realized that this thing was going to be basically a rocket ship. And so we partnered early. But the other thing, too, is, is that it is a very um, powerful, but um, like you said, it's, it's an API, right? And so a lot of retailers need a lot of other components to take advantage of this. And what we've done is essentially democratized it. So we've made it Fisher Price, 
So we've taken something that's very complex and you'd have to have large teams and able to, you know, a single developer shop, able to deploy this solution. So that's really where we want to put um, the effort in is around being able to, to, to stand this thing up in any retailer in, in eight weeks or less so they can see the value versus 18 months um, or even 12 months with a big shop. Um, and we've seen that because some people have tried, you know, the larger retailers who have office buildings full of developers. Um, we've seen them try to do this, right? So we put, you know, um, a ton of money into really democratizing it and allowing anybody to get advantage from this. And that's really our sort of secret sauce is, you know, it's zero to hundred and eight weeks. Uh, that's amazing. And, and I would guess that within that eight weeks, sort of switching on your platform, which is already integrated with Google's API, is probably something that doesn't take very long. Most of those eight weeks, I'm guessing, are spent in working with your customers and the data integrations that you need in order to get information about their products and the other things that are going to fuel the engine. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so we have a whole um, ETL layer. Um, that was one of the things that uh, you know, in, in DECA had. It's a little archaic now, but it was one of the differentiators, which is the uh, a data pipeline. So we um, uh, knew what the issues were. We know that the, the value was there, but we built an enterprise cloud ETL product that our clients can leverage so that they can take all the data they have and take advantage of it. And so what it's able to do is take, you know, in some cases we might have 16 different files that augment that record from PIM systems, the the, the e-commerce platforms, um, sometimes their ERP system, which might have the sales rank uh, margin information. Um, so that we can feed that into the ML engine so that the engine got better. We also have a, a data enrichment and syndication service. And what it is, is we we take your, your record, we normalize it, right? So inches are all the same. It's all two quotes and the number versus, you know, INC, space, double quotes, no space quotes. Uh, and we normalize that to one unified way. And then we put, uh, you know, the voice of the customer on it. So we, we analyze search logs industry best practices. And so you might have something like LBD, which which in short form, which I didn't know prior to being, you know, being in commerce, is little black dress. Um, so they might say little black dress or they might say LBD uh, and they would say uh, good for a first date or an interview. So occasion. So we'll take that and put on the record. So that when people do these natural language type searches of how they would do at Google.com. It works successfully on the uh, retailer manufacturer's website organically. And so once we have all that data, which we generate, uh, we also, as part of the process, um, actually submit the URLs for each product. And we're able to query uh, in behind the scenes. It's not something you can see, but it queries google.com. And inside google.com in the crawling infrastructure, there's something called the annotation server. So when Google, to make their search engine, the .coms and, and whatnot better, Google Shopping, is they actually go in, they, they read and interpret the page, they have a bunch of ML and they generate metadata about your product. And so we're able to le leverage that data as well and put it into it so that relevancy is better. And this is where we start getting into the white space between what Google and Group Buy do and just everyone else. You know, part of what I love about it and the way that you describe it is it's an example of AI working right. So in, in, in my own view, and maybe this is my soapbox, the reason we call things AI, and we try to put that word intelligence in there, is that we're talking about a machine that is doing something or interacting with us in the way that another human intelligence might. We take for granted completely the ability to go type into a search bar something in natural language now. 
right? The idea that I might say, I need a new blazer good for a job interview, and it's going to give me something different than I need a new blazer good for a date is going to give me something different. I would expect that from a human conversation. And these days, we expect it from the machines that we're interacting with, and we don't realize just how much work it takes to make that happen. So there really are some layers of magic happening here, and it's exciting to be part of it. And, and the nice thing here is that um, with the system, you know, you don't have to have a bunch of ML people on staff. You know, if you do great, no, no problem, but you don't. You, you get to, to take advantage of all our ML developers who built this in, and it just works. Um, the other thing, too, is in a lot of e-commerce systems, the traditional ones, so everybody else will, will guaranteed uh, will use some sort of inverted indices, probably most likely based on um, Lucene. Uh, on top of that is usually either Solar or um, Elasticsearch. That's pretty much guaranteed. Any of the other vendors that we compete against um, uh, utilize those technologies. And, and the difference is, is that this is a, this is a different uh, paradigm. Uh, it doesn't use that. It uses the Google knowledge graph, the synonym list, it's, it's query interpretations, all of that stuff, which is really what we call like it's next generation or Gen 2, uh, while everybody else is still on Gen 1. So even if they have ML models, um, they're kind of working from a different playbook, which is why we're seeing such big results over that. And the idea that you can you know take advantage of this in such a short period of time and get value without massive teams um, is really, really big, but also day to day. So um, I was talking with a CDO of a large, uh, he, he'd come to one of our customers from a large big box home improvement store. We'll leave it at that. And then they were very proud of what they had built. So they were again using solar had built this thing, massive hundreds of developers. And I asked him, I said, how many, how many rules, human generated rules are, are in that system? And he said, 30,000. I said, so how do you know that there's still news? We just keep adding rules. Like that's, we never go back. We never do, do that. And that means 30,000 times a human had to go in and spend five to 15 minutes. So you look at your cost of just adding those rules. You know, we went into a, a similar, very large retailer and they didn't quite have as many rules. They had about 6,000 rules. They now have 40 because the machine is doing all of the other work that you know you, where humans have to intervene because they're like, oh, I didn't quite understand the query. And then they got to go in and boost and bury and, and try to get the results right and then save that into the system. This just changes the game where people are like, it, you can still have it for promotional reasons, but now you're using it for what it was intended for because these rule systems were actually meant for marketing, not for relevancy. But we've sort of... Um, bastardized it a little bit and started to use it to fix the engine. Well, and, and what a wasted opportunity when you can know more about the customer, when you can know about the actual patterns of behaviors and the connections between semantic concepts from millions and millions and hundreds of millions of other transactions and data points and deliver a highly focused um, experience and search result and recommendation to that person in that moment at that time. If you are trying to accomplish that from marketing rules that were really designed to address just a broad audience in a particular region and age and demographic, then you're missing out on a substantial opportunity to ultimately result in conversions. Roland, this has been this has been great so far. I think we will do our audience a disservice if we don't pivot a minute to talk about some bigger picture issues around e-commerce and retail, because you've spent so much time and done a, done a lot of thinking in this space, and we want to hear from you about some of the bigger picture things that you think might be coming next. Um, one of the things I'm interested in, as, as our groups were prepping for this interview, 
was your perspective and group buys thinking about the future of retail e-commerce and that intersection with augmented reality. Um, tell me more. Yeah, so it's an interesting thing. So there's the augmented reality. Um, you know, obviously there's the metaverse and things of that nature. We are talking to some retailers that are opening stores in the metaverse. So we didn't quite expect that we'd be getting those calls. Um, obviously, we're able to integrate into the, the metaverse and, uh, you know, create some unique experiences. So these are things that it's kind of early days in that. But we do think that obviously with the amount of time, effort and, and, and money that, you know, pe people like Facebook are putting into this, um, that it's going to have some legs. So that's one of the areas that we're, we're definitely going to um, look at and probably make some strategic investments in. Um, but even on the augmented reality, so we built a couple of prototypes that we're, we're developing now. Um, a lot of our uh, current clients actually uh, use our technology in store. So we already blur the line between online and digital and sort of click and mortar, as we like to call it. So whether it's a tablet that, um, you know, the associate in the store uh, can find where the product is or information to tell the client about it, uh, in-store kiosks. Um, in some cases, the, uh, the gift registries are powered by us, like in the case of, say, a Bed Bath & Beyond. So you have your little scanner, you go around, create the list. You can then actually search for your friend's uh, registry, uh, you know, on, on Bed Bath Online and see who's bought what uh, and stuff like that. So already blurring that line. But some of the things, um, especially for the big box stores, um, of having a, a mobile device with your camera and having your list of items that you want to buy and actually be, being able to essentially have a blue line on the ground that'll walk you through the most efficient way to get everything on the list. So these are some of the things that we're doing where we're using you know, a, um, you know, both VR and AR uh, to create new new type of experiences. Um, the other thing is is uh, like uh, near field uh, chips and stuff like this is I'm thinking that actually D Disney has pioneered this. I, I actually borrowed you know, some of their thoughts there because they have these wristbands that, you know, as you go into things, it'll show your photos already. Welcome, Gossage family, uh, which I thought was really good. And I said, well, what if we did that in store, right? So you have your mobile device, if your app's open, it'll t it'll give you a deal of the day or something like that. So like we're, and because we have the recommendations, we might know what they're actually looking for in the store. And we can say is, hey, here's the new uh, new jeans and a, and, a, and a top that, you know, makes sense. Here's Here's where they are in the store, right? That sort of stuff. You, you know, it's interesting. I'm thinking about how disruptive that is because the traditional merchandisers inside a brick and mortar store, the last thing they want is for you to walk in the store and make a beeline to exactly what you want to buy and have you walk out with it. What they are hoping is that in searching for the thing that you want, you're going to see a lot of other things that you didn't realize you needed that day until you saw them and you pick them up on the way. Now, I think, you know, we can agree that it's probably a better consumer experience, but how do you pitch that concept to a store like Bed Bath & Beyond or something like that about how directing consumers to exactly what they want to buy isn't going to cannibalize sales that they're used to getting from consumers walking by things that jump out as seen on TV? Oh, yeah, I absolutely need that random product because it looks so good here sitting on the shelf. How, do you, how does this ultimately help improve revenues for a store like that? Well, if you look at it, there's a lot of things. So um, at the end of every aisle and in most of the stores, what's called an end cap, right? It's a it's a covenant space, by the way, because uh, often the uh, the suppliers will want to put their products at the end um, because they know sales won't be up. They sometimes will, will give the retailers uh, um, a financial benefit by putting themselves in those sort of positions. Um, but we're looking at ways is how do we actually create a, a personalized end cap experience and things of this nature? In other words, 
you're kind of trying to optimize for all of your users when you do it the traditional way. We're like, what if we can make MCAPs dynamic and get people down aisles they wouldn't normally go down? And like you said, is if I can get someone an example, I can get them to buy one more product on average throughout the course of a year even, um, the returns are massive, right? So we're looking at that and because we analyze, so we take a both online uh, user interaction as well as in-store and put it through the ML model. So we know the product affinities because sometimes they're slightly different. Um, but by doing that, we can also report and see ways of that people are, are shopping online but buying in-store. So, you know, and the chief digital officers love this because we can tell them 71% of sales are influenced by online. Online might be 50% of revenue, but 71% of overall revenue is actually tied to online. So if I looked for that coffee maker online, right, and we get you in store, we actually know now that that you were looking for curing coffee machines and then you bought that in store. And by the way, you not only did that, you bought the cleaner for it and uh, a box of cups, right? That sort of thing. So then we know it gets bought together and we can also put those bundles back online. Yeah, so it's the same concept. Uh, they came into the store because they thought they needed jeans, but through the AR approach or the other intelligence or things that you're gonna bring to the shopping experience, you're gonna help them find those jeans and you're also gonna help them find the shirt that goes really well with the jeans that they didn't know they needed until they saw it. You're gonna accomplish the same thing, but you're gonna be doing it in a targeted data-driven way rather than let's set the, the rack of shirts here nearby the jeans and hope they notice as they walk past, right? So you're still accomplishing that same thing. That's, that's super exciting. One more, one more question for you. Outside of augmented reality, do you have another insight or a prediction about the future of e-commerce? What's going to be happening regularly in five to 10 years that we're, we're just maybe just starting to see or not even seeing yet today? Yeah, I, I would say, you know, it's funny because um, many people predicted that, uh, you know, online would, would take over and stores would go away. And still the bulk of, of, of retail is actually done in store. Um, and, uh, and while we were seeing certain concepts um, like malls suffer a little bit. I think they're they're actually going to have a little bit of a rebirth. I think the the pandemic is is going to actually change behavior where we're going to do more federated shopping, which is a combination of online and in store, and that's where um, the good innovations are going to come from. So I've seen a lot of really cool technology in, in, in things like fitting rooms. Um, I've seen a lot of display um, stuff in in some of the, the large retailers, which you know, where you can actually try things on without trying them on um, and things like that. So I think you're going to see a lot more technology in the stores, um, but it's also got to work in concert. So that user journey, no matter which way I come out of it, maybe I go in the store and I touch and I, and I feel the actual product and I leave and I don't even bother buying it. And I go home and I do same day delivery. Like these are the kind of things in the new behavior that you're going to have to make sure that that's unified across if I'm using buy online pickup in store curbside pickup uh, i want to shop a specific store as if i was in it because i can drive five minutes down the road and i want it in 40 minutes i want to know that it's there so things like inventory and real-time inventory become uh, you know exponentially important because last thing is i want to do is drive the five minutes and you don't have the product right so these are some of the trends that you're going to see data data is going to become really important really understanding what's happening um i think a lot of retailers recently uh have, have uh, been off their numbers. If you, you've seen any of the uh, the, the recording, um, and that's that's with uh, a couple of things. Obviously, supply chain hopefully will start to normalize back to the way it was, or we're just going to live with 
you know, a backed up supply chain. Like it's going to be one or the other. And um, so, yeah, the, the idea of sourcing alternative products, you know, being able to use data to predict what the trends are, sort of how they're going, which is another data issue. So I think data is going to become front and center and then systems that really uh, tie in together to create that uh, seamless experience, frictionless experience for the end user. Yeah, you know, this is exciting. As a habitual online shopper um, and occasional brick and mortar shopper who wants my experience to be better every time, I'm looking forward to this, um, you know, kind of bookending back to where we started. I love this these ideas around what's coming forward and that you're in this space of figuring out what's new and helping to innovate for what's next. Speaking for for Sada and for my team, we're really excited to be part of that with you, help you in finding innovative ways to get your product out to additional consumers, customers of yours, more B2B clients who are interested in integrating Google's technology through your platform. Um, I think there's uh, uh, an unlimited number of exciting things that we'll do together going forward. And, and listen, Roland, I just really appreciate you taking the time with us today. It's been fascinating to get in, go deep on your product, learn more about the space. Um, I, I hope that, you know, maybe in a year or two after you've run, the, run a few more laps, done a few more innovations, we can do this again, come back, talk about what's new, exciting in group buy and, and in the space. And, and in the meantime, um, we want to make sure that people know that they can find your website at groupbyinc.com. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Not a problem. It's a pleasure, Michael. Thank you for listening to Cloud and Clear. Check the show notes for links to this week's topics. And don't forget to connect with us on Twitter at Cloud and Clear and our website, sada.com. Be sure to rate and review the show on your favorite podcast app.